Today on the Profitable Trading Podcast. I was tied to the business, I was tied to the tools and the amount of opportunities I missed over the years because I was missing meetings, appointments with new clients. I was always putting my time on the tools in front of everything and it just really held us back. Capacity is a huge problem with growth. If you don't have capacity, you actually miss opportunities you didn't even realize were actually there. I had that small business mindset where I thought, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that. Why would I pay all these people to do all these roles? You know, where does that money come from? On today's episode, I interview Karen Conroy from All West Electrical, who's a member of the Million Dollar Trading Program and has built an epic business in Auckland, New Zealand. Now, during his time with us, Karen has more than doubled his revenue, dramatically improved his margins, and gone from working out in the field to employing a general manager to run the business so that he can focus on new business opportunities. Tune in as Karen talks through his exciting journey and shares all the lessons that he's learned. Kieran, mate, it's awesome to be hanging out with you today. Welcome to the Profitable Trading Podcast. Thank you, Tony. Great to be here. Yeah, man. I'm excited about uh, today. In prepping for this episode, I actually went back and looked at uh, at the notes that it might have been Phil took when you first joined the, the Million Dollar Trading Program, which is always a, a fun thing to do. And I think that was back in, in maybe May 2021. So it's a couple of years ago. And look, then you already had a, a, a reasonably substantial business. I think your revenue was sort of three to 350K revenue a month. Uh, so you're doing some good stuff and you had a decent sized team as well, obviously to, to make that happen. But the notes are here, you were working 60 to 70 hours per week. You were working out in the field and you were pretty much running uh, everything in the business uh, as well, you know, running the office as well. So you were doing the, you know, the projects, the pricing, the invoicing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. For a really reasonable sized business, you, you had, a, you know, didn't have that many systems and processes to help you get things done. And you had pretty much zero free time. And the mental load was, it was pretty overwhelming and you were burning out pretty fast. So what I'd love to do is, can you talk us through why it was important for you to make some changes when you did? Thanks, Tony. Um, Yeah, it was a tough time. Uh, I was working six days a week. Phone was off the hook, up to 200 calls a day. It was just chaos around me. Home life was getting tough because uh, with with young kids, it was really, really tough. I wasn't present at home. And I, I realized uh, that I was just missing my kids growing up. So something had to change. Yeah. And how many children do you have? I've got three kids. Right. Okay. And what, what make are they? So I've got uh, the two eldest of two boys, uh, almost turning 10 and a seven-year-old and a four-year-old girl. Right. Okay. So uh, it's pretty busy times at home as well. It certainly is. Yeah. yeah. As you know yourself, Tony, with uh, four kids, <laughs> good on you. You're braver than me. Um, sports and uh, school, it's just a lot happening. It's it's just constant. Yeah. I'm not sure braver, maybe a slow learner. I'm not sure. Um, whatever. That's certainly worth it. That's for sure. But it, it's busy. How did, how, did, uh, how did you feel about things when you, you, know, you, you knew that you weren't able to show up for the family and the business and everyone? How did that actually make you feel? It hurts. Uh, you, you made a big decision to, to have children and, and to raise them and, and to teach them right from wrong and to just guide them along the way. And, and, and to be told, you know, it was from my partner telling me, Kieran, you're not present. You come home, but you're glued to your phone. You're, you, you've got emails, you've got calls. It, it was relentless. And it was just a constant distraction from the most important thing to me, which was my family. Kieran, was it 
like anything in particular that tipped you over the edge or was it just more a accumulation of things that had just added up and it was just too much? To be honest, uh, I was at the point of my relationship was really struggling with my partner. It was as though she was raising the kids on her own and had said, look, this is not fair. You know, I didn't sign up for this. We're, this is a partnership and we signed up to raise these kids together. And you need to be as much of a part of their growing up as I am. And it, it was true. So yeah. that was it. I, I think that's, yeah, that's a very common experience for a lot of people who are listening. And you may be in this situation as well. And so it feels like you've got, you know, pressure from all sides. And it's uh, it's really tough because you don't want to let anyone down, least of all your family who are the people who need you most. So I really appreciate your honesty with that, mate, because uh, this is a real problem for a lot of people. So let's look ahead a bit to where we are now. Can you talk us through how does your business look now and what are the changes that you've seen and, and made? Firstly, the, the business is a lot calmer than it's ever been. Uh, our revenue is more than doubled. As you say, starting off at 350 a month a couple of years ago, we've gone to over 700 plus a month. Team has grown from 20 to about 35 people. We, I went from having 20 plus direct reports to now having a GM in place. We've now got a better management structure with a service manager, project manager, HR manager, finance manager. So now all of these little areas, all the hats I used to wear, are now have been handed to other people. Uh, our GP has increased. We were sitting at around 20%. It was something that we didn't even really monitor to over 35% at this point. So it just in every area, the business has just really has grown. Yeah, and uh, I think you're quite modest Mate, because uh, I know you've doubled revenue, but I think last month you even touched the, the million-dollar revenue mark, which is an amazing achievement. Do you ever reflect back and think, how the hell did I do all that stuff? I certainly do. I, it still kind of makes me think, uh, you know, how did I get here? Did Was it by accident? Did You know, it really, it's a, it, it's a strange feeling. I'm proud, but yeah, it's it's hard to fathom from where we started to where we are now and, and, and still being positive and knowing that there's potential for more. So it's, it's a good feeling. One of the things I love about you, mate, you're very humble as well. I think that that's really cool, but it's an amazing achievement because I know that it was very stressful. And maybe if we look at that, what have the results meant for you and your family? Just being able to work shorter days, get home earlier to see, spend time with the kids. The phone's not constantly off the hook. We took a week's holiday just a couple of months ago, and I made one phone call in a week. I was able to leave my phone in the hotel room. We could go to the pool. We could have fun. We could go to the beach. And other than taking my phone to take photos, I didn't actually need to look at my phone, and I felt quite comfortable. And that was just a completely new feeling to me. So really good. Yeah, that's awesome. And how has it changed the energy that you have for uh, for your family in terms of the, the time and the, uh, I guess, the fun that you're able to have with the family as well. It's just being present now, not not having this constant distraction of of, of a phone uh, just ringing or beeping with emails, and not feeling that you have to pick it up every second. That you can actually sit there and have a conversation with the kids, and just yeah, be part of them growing up. Yeah, I think it's a big thing. I, I've found it in my business journey sometimes especially when my kids were younger, you're reading them a story and really 
what you're doing is thinking about how fast you can get the story finished so you can get on to the next thing. I don't know if you've experienced similar. I know a lot of people have. And you kind of know that, oh, well, I'm doing my bit, but I'm kind of not doing it in a way that I'd like to. And so I think what you mentioned about being present is, um, is, is absolutely huge because it's quality time, isn't it? Yes. Mate, you've made lots of changes. And I think there's some things that you've done incredibly well. And I'd love to dig into those and just share them with everyone listening. Uh, just so we can get the benefit of your wisdom because uh, you don't make the sort of changes you've you've done without learning some stuff along the way. So one of the things that I think has been epic is the the gains in revenue that you've had. You know, it's it's more than twice and getting close to, to three times. What do you think have been the biggest drivers of that revenue growth? Hiring the management team that has freed me up now to get out and about with our key clients to, to see what other areas we could help them and, and therefore has allowed me to add another leg to the business. I was tied to the business. I was tied to the tools and the amount of opportunities I missed over the years because I was missing meetings, appointments with new clients, because I was always putting my time on the tools in front of everything. And it just really held us back. I think that's a really interesting point there because, and I see this a lot, is capacity is a huge problem with growth. If you don't have capacity, you actually miss opportunities you didn't even realize were actually there. And I, I see this a lot. So there's quite a mindset shift, isn't there? Because you actually have to spend money to employ people and put systems in, in the hope or the belief that the work will come as well. How did you actually deal with that? Because that, that seems to be a challenge that a lot of people have to go through. I, like anyone, I, I really struggled uh, to see the payback in, in, in putting all these managers in positions that, because I, I had that small, my, oh, that uh, small business mindset where I thought I can do that, I can do that, I can do that. Why would I pay all these people to do all these roles? You know, where does that money come from? And it was really hard. So to get to the point I was at where I just realized it was chaos, and I, I was upsetting people all around me. I realized I couldn't do that any longer, and I had to try something different. So in 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 appointing these people and 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 employ, or employing these people to take some of the stress from me that in itself was just fantastic but then to realize that it freed me up to get out there to go meet meet with clients that I hadn't met for months or years to see what what areas I could help them with other areas we could grow the business it was just amazing it's just really just gone in leaps and bounds since then and I wish I'd done it years ago. Yeah, it's uh, it, it does. Um, it's almost counterintuitive, isn't it? You have to invest some time and effort and money to build a bigger factory, as it were, so you can actually make space for the work. So what would be your advice then, Kieran, to business owners who you see out there who are, who are really sort of stuck with their revenue growth, but they really do want to grow? What would be your suggestions uh, to them? Don't be afraid to diversify your business. Get out and speak to your customers. Find out if there's other areas that you can assist them would probably be my main stuff, really. Yeah, so it's going and actually talking to them and building some relationships and, and asking the questions. That's it. Love to jump in to look at profitability. So you mentioned some stuff around gross margins and how they've changed. And I really love what you've done with the profitability. So what helped you improve the profitability of the business? What were the key things that you did? I, well, previously, I've been flying blind. We... Basically, I looked to see if there was money in the bank every month. And as long as there was more money than there was the previous month, I thought, hey, we're doing well. And just 
had carried on for quite a few years at that. Uh, in joining PT, I started to look at understanding the figures in back-costing jobs, which was a new phenomenon to me, and realized that, that we needed to be aiming for something. We needed to have certain GP margins that we should be aiming for. And actually, just in, in doing the back-costing, started to, I started to recognize certain industries that were profitable, others that were not profitable, uh, certain types of work that were profitable and others that were not not as profitable. And it just gave me a better idea of how to cost accordingly to make sure that we could continue to grow and also to be a profitable business. It's killer, isn't it? I think that's the single most powerful thing I see business owners do is if they actually start back-costing their work. Effectively, all that means is you take a job that you've done and you go back and see how profitable it was. You look at the labor, you look at the materials, and uh, how much did you use relative to what you thought you'd use and figure out how you know what the margin, the gross profit margin is on those jobs. So I think that's um, that's epic. So another thing with uh, with the back costing, I think you alluded to it, Kieran, is back costing really helps you with pricing work in the future, doesn't it? In terms of figuring out where you've gone wrong and where you can improve, can you share a little bit about your experience with that? Yeah, sure. Like we 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 have always been busy, maybe busy fools at times. So we we were doing a lot of work. We've been doing a lot of overtime, yet we weren't making any money certain months. And I realized it was certain types of work uh, where we had had a few projects that were labor only. And it took me a while to realize it was that obviously on labor only, it doesn't cover our operating expenses. And whilst the guys were working flat out, they were working flat out, but we weren't actually making any money from it. So realized that the type of work that we were doing was crucial. And that's where looking at our hourly rates again and starting to look at uh, what our competitors were charging, realizing our hourly rates were too low. So there were so many different areas that we started to improve on. Yeah, and, and this is the thing with uh, with back costing and looking at the, the numbers in the business. Everyone who owns a business is pretty smart. You have to be pretty smart to run a business. And uh, some of you may not feel like that, but you are. And when you see the costs of a job and how much profit you're making or not making, you cannot help but actually make some changes. It's just a fact of looking at it. And I see this a lot, whether it's the pricing. Sometimes it may be that uh, you've priced it quite well, but your labor estimate is just blown out on the job because of mistakes or callbacks or rework. Uh, and then you look at, well, okay, how do, I f- how do I help my guys, my team be more productive? And maybe I need some quality systems and stuff. So it's it's like a feedback process, isn't it? That really helps you refine things. And it's almost like constant and never-ending improvement. Kieran, what would you say to uh, other business owners who are struggling financially? What's the best place for them to start to actually get a handle on their profitability? Look at the type of work that you're doing. Is it service work? Understand what type of margins you should be charging for the work that you do, whether it be service work, construction industry, Obviously, all very, very different industries, different margins. Make sure that you're charging the correct and fair margins for your, for the type of business that you do. Look at the hourly rates that you're charging. Try and work out what your competitors are charging. Are you charging enough? Have you have you put enough value on on your own labor or your own skills? That's a huge one, isn't it? I mean, it's very easy as a service provider to underestimate the value that you deliver, and and I see this a lot because it's. I mean, 
to do the work you do, you know how to do it, and it seems relatively easy to you as a person. You know, if you're a if you're a really good plumber, you're like, well, I understand how to do that. Why would anyone pay a lot for that? It seems quite easy. And so it's easy for, and I we see this a lot for for people to price work out of their own pocket, in the sense that they they don't actually realise how valuable it actually is. And so I think it, like you said, it's really important to actually value what you you know what you actually do for people, because if you don't value it, they sure as hell ain't going to value it. So. Uh, something else that's uh, really impressed me, Kieran, is that you've been able to go from being really frantic and running around uh, trying to do everything, and uh, you were a bit of a weapon, mate, to be fair. I don't know how you managed, but you've been able to step back and really get the team to step up. So how did you do that? What was the keys to success there? Because that has been huge for you. Uh, I think I've already mentioned previously straight away, the biggest thing was the organizational structure of the business, just putting the right people in the right places. Straight away, that that took most of the stress off me, which allowed me to just work more on the business and actually start to go, right, where are we going? What do we need? And allowed us to actually need to kick more doors open. Uh, implementing structure and myself trying to stick to the admin tasks and actually look into at all the areas of that we could potentially grow the business rather than just being on the tools constantly. Holding creating more accountability for the staff members. Previously, I'd been too busy. We, we had no systems in place for staff. Straight away, we got into JDs. So we had job descriptions for all of our staff. So everybody knows what their job is, what their roles are, what the expectations are, who they answer to. Just that in itself has been fantastic. We've gone further into doing KPIs, regularly catching up with all the staff. So they know themselves where they, where, how they're doing, whether they're doing well, what they're not doing so well, what we need to work on, and areas for them that they can grow further and also get feedback from them. So just a lot of that structure, a lot of the accountability, it's just been amazing. Yeah, I think structure is a huge thing. And when we talk about structure, you're talking about basically drawing out an organizational chart, aren't you, with this is the roles that are going to be in the business. Uh, and this is who reports to whom. So that's awesome. And and something that I think is powerful here, which I see a lot of, and I think you did well, is most people when they start doing an org structure, they actually try and build an organization structure for the business they have now to fix up the problems they have now, which is all good. But actually what, what really makes it fly is when you build a structure for the next six to 12 months. So you build a structure that has some fat in it that you can actually start putting together so you've got more capacity and you can actually grow into your business which is a huge thing. It's a bit of a mindset shift, but it really is quite powerful. Now, in your structure, I think you mentioned it before, but can you just talk us through what were the actual key roles that you hired and and in what order you did them? Initially, I tried to get a GM, which was quite hard to find. I, I actually gave up at one point. I ended up, so I started to fill the other positions. I created a service manager's role. I had then created a project manager's role. Soon after that, the GM actually popped up. It was quite by luck to a point, but uh, so we filled the GM's role. We had already health and safety slash HR manager in place and a finance manager. That was that's kind of how we came about it. Yeah, and the GM. I'd love to talk about that just a little bit. What is the GM's role? What do they actually do that frees you up? Just the day to day running of of the business. So all the headaches that. I used to have to deal with just don't filter their way through to me anymore. They, they stop at that level, just gives me the headspace and the time to just focus on 
what I need to focus on, which is looking at other areas we can grow the business or do better. And so when things happen like there's problems on projects or clients are being difficult or you're trying to source materials or you've got team issues or moving people around and all the phone calls, that's the GM's role now? Whatever hasn't already been dealt with by the service manager or project manager prior to that stage will be dealt with by the GM. Nice. So you've almost got a couple of layers of protection in there before something becomes you know, something you have to deal with. 100%. That's so good. That's a great feeling, right? There's <laughs> a massive weight off my shoulders. Because then if the GM goes away or the project manager goes away, you're not right back in the firing line. Correct. Yeah, which is, uh, which is, which is a key. So nice work, man. I love it. Now, you've talked about the fact that you've gone after some big contracts and you know, you've won some recently. What's changed that has allowed you to pursue those? Just freeing myself up. The, over the years, I've missed many opportunities. I was on the tools. I missed meetings with new clients. I was constantly delaying meetings and quotes. Couldn't get quotes through because I was trying to do them myself. I missed many opportunities over the years. So just being able to free myself up that I can now make meetings regularly, I, I, no more delays. Yeah, first impressions are huge. And when you, when you delay a meeting more, once or more with any potential new cu- customer, you're never going to inspire them with any confidence. Uh, so that, that's amazing. And in a similar way, you've made some quite significant strategic changes in terms of service offerings and, and that's like, I think you've added concrete and a, and a few other bits and pieces to make yourself a one-stop shop to make it easier for the clients. And, and you're actually opening up a new branch. So there's a lot happening. What's made the difference here? I think these were areas that certainly with diversifying the business was something I'd always planned to do, but never had the time to do. In finally putting the structure in place just gave me the time to actually pursue these, get out to the customers, see if this is something that they wanted. Is this something that we can assist them with? Is it, is it a service that we could provide? We'd already proven ourselves over the years with our core business in the electrical. So going into mechanical and scales and then going into other areas, we'd already made a great name and, and they've just welcomed us with open arms. Amazing. This is not a question on there and if, if it's a bit difficult to answer, that's fine, but I think it's an important question. So with uh, changing the structure and employing new people, you you were clear that you wanted to do that. And I know that it wasn't a simple process and that you know f- there were times when it was actually really bloody hard. What enabled you to push on to actually make it happen, even despite some of the obstacles and the setbacks? Sorry, I've got to think again. <laughs> I just, I just know that, you know, like it was really difficult for you sometimes to get to squads and do all that sort of stuff because you were just busy, right? And so you committed to, you know, making this happen. What was it that allowed you just to keep pushing on when it was actually pretty tough at times? I, I had to do it. There was, a, there's a, there was always a goal and the goal was to free myself up from the business. I wanted to grow the business, but I, I also realized that I was doing this for my family. And I was taking all this time away from my family. So whilst I was trying to help them, in the long run, I wasn't because I I was tied up in the middle of all this chaos. And the only way I could get out the other end was to actually commit myself to everything that Profitable Trading was trying to teach me and and, and in order to get free. Yeah, I think that's huge. So sometimes it's very easy to get sucked into the day-to-day demands and all the urgent stuff that keeps popping up and to lose sight of the big picture, isn't it? And it 
I think something you've done really well is hold on to the big picture. What was the goal? Why am I actually doing this? And who are the key people in my life that are important to me that I'm doing this for? Uh, and and really putting that at the front of your mind, because I think it's easy as business owners, we kind of know that, but it's at the back of the mind and we have this attitude of, oh, well, once I get through this and once this comes right, then I'll be able to spend some time with them. You know, it's sort of if then thinking, but that doesn't work because there's always more shit to deal with unless you make some changes. And I think that's been something that um, that I think you should be really proud of that you've done in your business. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> it's, it's good because some people really struggle with that. And so I think it's important that uh, we share that to encourage people to actually really stick to the goals that they have uh, to help them through their day-to-day challenges, which, you know, they're tough sometimes. So we've been talking a little bit about mindset through this. What have been the mindset changes, Kieran, that you've had to make to achieve the success that you've had? Firstly, I, I, I realized I, I couldn't do it all by myself. I, I needed to surround myself with the right people was the first one. Uh, you, you have to allow people to make mistakes, as we all do. Whilst, yes, it costs money and to a point reputation, but again, without allowing people to make those mistakes, you, you end up micromanaging them and you just have to allow it and in the hope that they'll learn from them and they won't make the same mistakes again. Otherwise, you, you just tie yourself down, you hold yourself back, and you can never grow. So, yeah, I, I think for me that would, would have been the main, main things. That's a, a huge learning. It's very hard to see people make a mistake that affects a client, isn't it? But at the same time, is if we fix every mistake they ever make, they'll never make a decision. So that's, uh, that's massive. I have got one more question I'd love to dig into. How important has getting outside help been to the success that you've had with your business? It's been key. Uh, I'm a firm believer that you should always strive to improve yourself. And I offer a lot of professional development to my staff. And I realized that myself, I was lacking in many areas and I, I needed to do something to improve myself. And in joining PT was, as well as assisted with that hugely, I've Got to firstly realize I'm not the only person in in this chaos. <laughs> There's many, many business owners that are in the same boat as me and going through the same headaches as me with the, the same problems on a daily basis. It's in, in networking with some great people, other businesses that are similar in being able to deal with coaches that are all different and, and have helped in many different ways individually. Just a lot of the uh, resources that have been available to me that weren't previously, just even from joining PT, I think one of the first things, I, my most memorable thing with PT was looking at the Profitable Trade Roadmap. And I looked at where we were sitting. I thought, oh, yeah, okay, I should be able to tick most of these boxes. And it was a real eye-opener to look and go, oh, wow, there's a lot of holes here. There's a lot of boxes I haven't ticked. And made me realize I've got to backfill the business as, as it was worded at the time, that there was many holes to fill and I couldn't scale the business. I couldn't get go any further without actually starting to backfill the business and, and tick the boxes. I think that's huge, isn't it? Because a lot of people want to grow and they grow for a little bit, but they keep you know falling back down because some of the basic foundations that you need to grow are not there. And I think that that's what the roadmap is all about. You know, there are certain steps you need to do at certain stages in your business to actually grow successfully and consistently. I think that's a, a huge um, 
huge lesson to us all to make sure we've got a really solid foundation with our business so we can actually push forward. And Kira, what's what was the thing that you most valued in terms of the help that you've received? There'll be many. Uh, I, I like the way it's been delivered. I, I like the way the the fact that it's you know we we don't watch our p's and q's. Uh, that your team have been so good. The other businesses that are involved and the people from there. I've, I've just it's it's like a big family. Everybody, nobody, nobody holds back. Everybody's a, um, no, everybody's just themselves. It's quite normal and natural. There's no pretenses. We don't watch our P's and Q's. It's it just it's it's just a great place to be. And yeah, really, just good. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think we should watch our P's and Q's a bit more, but it wouldn't be nearly as much fun. So uh, we ain't stopping now. Look, Kieran, um, I've really appreciated you sharing your experience and the lessons that you've learned. I think you should be really proud of what you've done. And um, I think it's an amazing achievement. What I think is exciting is, and you're probably starting to realize this, once you get the business to a level where you have a really solid management team, actually that's where the the exponential growth of the business can really start. It's actually the beginning, not the end, which is very exciting. So I frankly can't wait to see what you do over the next 12 to 24 months. I think you're going to be surprised with what you can achieve. Thank you very much, Tony. Yeah, we've got some some big plans. So um, yeah, I think watch this space. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be a good few years for all of us. We we will indeed, mate. Pleasure chatting today. Take good care. We'll uh, we'll talk real real soon. Thank you, Tony. It's been a pleasure. Next week on the Profitable Trading Podcast, tune into next week's podcast where we dig into all the things that can cause employees to leave, so you can stop making these mistakes. If you're serious about taking your service business to the next level. Be sure to check out our show notes for a copy of our free book, The Profitable Tradie, and other valuable resources to help you on your journey. And don't forget to hit the follow button and stay up to date with our latest episodes. That's all for today, folks. We hope you found this episode of The Profitable Tradie podcast helpful and informative. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one.